quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found the idea of connective parenting, and I was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with all rewards and consequences, and just being a safe place actually work. I mean, really work. It moved the behaviors of my children, and it felt good, really good. For the first time, I began to enjoy parenting, felt deeply bonded to my kids, and received so much more love and affection, especially from my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace at home using the idea of connection. I love helping other parents in my private courses, online classes, and right here on this podcast, find success like I did over 10 years ago when I began using this approach. Join me each week, either alone or with a guest, as we explore the complexities of raising connected kids in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you are here. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Today, I have a guest, DJ Johnson from DJ Inspires, and he inspired me when I took a look at his Instagram. <laughs> and was digesting his information. And I was so excited to have him. And it's really sad to say that I haven't had any dads on. I feel like this is a long time coming. I think we're nearly 100 episodes in and I haven't had any father figures. So I'm really happy to have you here and have your perspective. And so welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, thank you so much, Michelle. And I thank you and appreciate you for reaching out. Yes, my name is DJ Johnson and I run the DJ Inspires Parenting page. But more than anything, I'm just a person who has a heart for students, has a heart for helping parents, and has a passion for helping people overcome their generational curses. How I got into working with parents, it really started with students. I started working with teens in 2014, and they just really opened up my world to just so many different things when it comes to them in terms of effective way to communicate with them, how to get the best out of them, how to motivate them. And so all these years, I've just been stealing from my teens and helping parents <laughs> with the information that I've received from them over the years. Man, there's so much. So that's kind of my background and how I jumped into the parenting world. And I have so many different responsibilities in life right now, but my passion and purpose is to help students and help families yeah. just get it together. Yeah. 
we have a similar background. I was a teacher too and worked mm-hmm. at high school. And it's a real soft spot for me, I think. I yeah. feel like those kids have a lot to teach us. And they if do. we would just listen, they would tell us exactly what they need. They do yep. tell us what we need. They do. We're going to talk today about teens and just about the whole idea of punishments and mm-hmm. teens and where our society lies on all that and what our insights are and what we've learned working with teens and what we've learned working with parents. And I think I want to start with this <laughs> idea. I listened to this video clip on your page about the good luck conversation. And can you summarize it for us? There's a lot of people, a good amount of people, I should say. It probably should be more. There's a good amount of people that I've run into over the years that are doing this conscious parenting ideal. And that is just being hyper aware and hypersensitive towards the different things that you do to your child, the different things that you say to them, all these different things. We're just being more intentional with our parenting. Right. And so the people who kind of go against the grain, it seems like a majority of our society parents in a certain way, in an old school way, like mm-hmm. kids should be seen and not heard. They should be only <laughs> spoken to when spoken to. They should only speak when spoken to. So all these different things that they think. And so when you say stuff like, oh, I'm not going to hit my kid or, oh, you know, I'm going to talk to them and allow them to express themselves and all these different things. You get comments from people like, oh, good luck with that. Yeah. And so it's, <laughs> I love that you're like, I'm sorry, what did you say? I need luck? Is that what I need? What? And I'm like, no, no, no. Just one day when I got the inspiration to make the video, I was just like, no, like, I don't want your condescending good luck. You don't even mean it, first of all. And second of all, like, why has this become a thing where this parenting style, we're experimenting and trying different ways to parent and you think your parenting style is the best. So it, it turns into this unhealthy competition thing. And at the end of the day, it ain't even about us. It's about our students. I think it makes people question what they're doing or what their parents did or how they grew up. And they're thinking, if I could even embrace that, then I'm saying everything I'm doing or all the ways in which I was parented were wrong. It's demolishing the entire hierarchy of people. You know what it is now that you were saying that it's an exhausting process. It's an exhausting process to be a conscious parent because of the intentionality that you have to have, the coming to grips with. Oh, snaps. I remember the aha moment. I'm sure you had it, Michelle. Like, I remember the moment when understanding my childhood and realizing why I was doing some of the certain things that I was doing as an adult. And then I look back at my childhood and I found out that my A score was a 10. When I'm going through it, it's so normal. It's just we accept those things as reality. But when you learn that that's not okay and that's not healthy and there are better ways and the science even says it, it is an exhausting process. One that as a 32-year-old going on 33, I'm still healing, still going through all those different things. So I can understand people who I don't even want to go down that road, that rabbit hole, because it's exhausting to have to come to grips with a past that a lot of people will forget or kind of numb themselves to. But it's also exhausting doing all these different things for our kids when you consider all the different responsibilities that we have as adults. So I I get it. Yeah. And conscious parenting, I think for me and what I've realized over the years helping people is that it's not hard, right? It's not necessarily hard to be kind and loving to your kids, but you're fighting against yours, telling yourself inside Mm -hmm. this narrative, like I have to punish them or they won't learn. I have to reprimand them or they're not going to understand. And so you're fighting against this old thought process. Plus you're fighting against most people in society. (laughs) So you're like, half of it is a fight. 
just it to is. do the right thing. Yeah, and we're fighting with other adults, but the energy really should be spent on our kids and developing them and growing them to become the best versions of themselves. So the video was just me kind of releasing all of those feelings, yeah. all of those emotions of like, no, I don't want your good luck. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I really do because I have a lot of people question and be like, well, how old are your kids? Well, you don't know. You haven't been there yet. You don't get it. And it was the same thought. And when I hear that, I keep thinking in my head, oh, actually, my oldest is 15 and a half. No, I do get it. And yeah. I've worked with teenagers and I do get it. Yeah. And the more punitive you are and the more punishments you use, I feel like they just shut down. Yeah. To your point, in terms of working with teens, when I first started working with parents, I didn't have a child. And so they would say those dismissive things like, oh, you don't know, you don't understand, you can't be friends, all these different things. And I was like, I would challenge you on that because my work with teens separates me from being so close to my child. When I'm close to my child, I view them a certain way. I look at them a certain way. I say certain things to them. Like it's a little jaded to a certain extent. But when I'm working with other kids, I'm able to really see a full picture, a few view of a lot of these students. And it really enlightened me to like, wow, we really have been missing the mark for yeah. so many years on how we interact with our kids. And honestly, a lot of parents who have issues with their teens, a lot of it stems from how they treated their kids when they were younger. I always say, I think I was going to post this recently, but I have this idea in my head. We kids, when they're a certain age, they don't know better. They can't defend themselves. They don't know what is good parenting and what's not. So we can get away with being mediocre parents when our kids are young. But as they get older, when they become preteens, when they become teens, when they start understanding things, when they start hanging out with their other friends or they ask school and teachers and all these different things, they're looking at you parents like, oh, okay, I'm recognizing (laughs) some things and I don't like it. Hey, that's manipulative. (laughs) I know what manipulation is and it looks just like you. (laughs) It looks just like you. And so parents make the mistake and chalking it up to, oh, they're becoming teens and they're those teenage years years yeah. old, they're rebellion. And there's really the kids are like, no, I'm finally in position to defend myself. And yeah. so either you can take this information for what it is, or we just going to be button heads until I'm able to get out of your house. Yeah. And it builds <laughs> those manipulations and punishments and whatever. Yeah. They build resentment. They Absolutely. Build, and that resentment at some point kicks over and some kids rebel. Some kids get really mad. Some kids withdraw. I've had parents come to me with kids locked in their bedrooms for a year and won't come out at 16 because they've used so much punishment and so much ridicule that the kids like totally withdraws. And at one point as parents, does the blow go off in your head and you're like, okay, this ain't working, right? I feel like we just keep pushing in it. Oh, we gotta push it harder. We gotta go even harder. We gotta let them know like as parents, especially when it comes to teens, I've learned that you gotta put your ego and your pride aside when it comes to teens. All parenting, all kids. Yeah, all kids really, but teens in particular because. I think parents feel some type of way about when teens kind of butt back at us because they're so close to adult life, right? (laughs) Adulthood. They're so close. They're grown. They're probably looking at us eye level. Maybe even we're looking up to our kids. And so we feel even more as parents, like our control or whatever we are holding on to as parents, like we feel like that's loosening as the time gets on. And it's just, it makes it even more frustrating process. And for me, it's just like, okay, I know where I stand when it comes to teens. I don't need to establish it. I don't need to say it. I just need to act according to that. Yeah. And so when teens are acting up or they're talking back or whatever it might be, I'm not going to meet them where they are and try to match yell for yell. Yes. I'm going to 
distinguish that fire with calm. Yes. And nine out of the 10 times that I've had opportunities to do that with teens, it's work. It does work. That's what I think people don't realize. I think you said it best. They can't check their ego. They yeah, can't let they the child can't. be disrespectful, quote yeah. unquote. I don't really believe in that, but I like using it. Because <laughs> if they do, then somehow it's a reflection of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've done something wrong. Their kid's quote unquote bad. Right They're not parented yeah. right. Everyone's looking at them like, oh, you're going to let your kid talk to you like that? You better not. Or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think people go to this place of their own shame. Oh my gosh, my kid talked to me like that. That means I'm bad and they're bad and we're all bad and society is going to look at us like we're terrible people. Yeah. And yeah. the reality is our kids, our children, they're learning, they're trying to figure yes. things out, especially when we think of our teens, because they look like adults, they sound like adults, yeah. they probably smell like adults. Like <laughs> we have this expectation as parents in our heads, like they should know this. They should know right. how to do this. They should know how to act in this way. And it's just like, when you think of the brain science of your teens, like this is the stage where they're super emotional. This is the stage where they're trying to figure things out. This is the stage where they're a little more forgetful. Their brains don't fully develop until they're like 24, 25. And so when we have all of that in our brains, I always say this, if a teen is arguing with their parent, I'm always going to expect the parent to be the bigger person. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't. <laughs> Because we also have no impulse control, exactly. have no reasoning skills, because we weren't grown up right. You know, yeah. nobody modeled it for us. Nobody modeled for us mm, be the calm good. during the storm. Yes. So we never knew. We don't know what that looks like. All we know is how to be the storm inside the storm and create more storm. <laughs> <laughs> but we, for a lot of parents who might be listening, if you don't recognize it, like I've seen it many of times, like. You can't try to distinguish the storm by adding your own storm to it. We can't get rid of the forest fire by adding more gasoline to it. Yeah. Like all it does is just continue to create rifts and continue to further bridge that communication gap. And for us, it's like, look, because they're so close to being an adult, the last thing I want for any parent is that when they kid turn 18, that relationship is just so dwindled that who knows what it turns into. Guess what? I'm hosting my first official free challenge. Join me the week of October 25th for a free special time challenge. Did you know that special time is the lifeblood of connection? Did you know that special time can help you with sibling issues, transitions, and cooperation? Did you also know that special time makes you feel good and it can fortify and strengthen the bond you share with your children? Believe me, I've seen it happen over and over again. I will teach you the ins and the outs of special time and hold you accountable for this daily ritual which can change your entire family. It has mine. Each day I'll go live in a private Facebook group where I'll teach and answer questions all about special time. I'll also send you emails with extra support materials. Join me for this free special time challenge. The link will be in the show notes and also in my IG bio. That's what I'm always saying. I say when I have parents of older kids, I would say, you're yeah. going to lose them if you don't yeah. stop now. You have to yeah. stop. I'm real strong with them. With the younger kids, I'm like, okay, well, let's work on the, you know, because yeah. you have time. Because you got time. Yeah. When they're older, it's like, you have to stop now. Like you have to just take all that punishment. I think this is the thing too. A lot of people say, well, what am I supposed to do? I would recommend for people just stop using punishments altogether. 
yeah. belittlement, shame, grounding, isolating, taking the phone away, taking privileges away, just stop it all yeah. right now. And then parents will say, what do I do? They're going to go crazy, run amok and, you know, <laughs> be all over the city. But it's not true, actually. They it's, aren't. To your point, I have a parenting group that I host at the different high schools that I work at. There's six modules, six weeks, six sessions. We don't even talk about discipline, punishment until the fifth week. And so when you say, what do I do? The first week is, okay, let's just talk about what it even means to be a purposeful parent, to be intentional about everything we say, everything we do. The second week, okay, let's focus on relationships. Like, how can we establish our relationship? How can we make that relationship better? Then the third week, we're talking about environment. How can I make the home safe? How can I make the home able to let them make mistakes without it being a big deal? Then the fourth week, we're like, okay, how can we develop the student? How can we help them discover their passion, their purpose? What is their personality types like? Like all these different things. And then the fifth week, we talk about discipline. And even before we talk about discipline, we talk about your stress as a parent. Yeah. So for those who are saying, what do I do? There's levels to creating this, quality relationships yeah, that's with it. your child before we can even in our world, the parenting world, I'm sure you say it a lot. Like they say connection before correction. That has never been so true now that I've been working with teens. I'm like, when I make those connections, I see them in the hallway doing something. I just look like, hey, man, what's up? And they look, oh, my bad, DJ. I didn't mean to like connection. That's That's not happening if I'm not making a connection. No, because once they're endeared to you, once they feel good about you, Mm. then you have, I tell this to parents all the time, you have influence. Somebody said to me, my kid's vaping. How do I talk to them about it? I'm like, well, you wouldn't put that on hold for about three weeks. And now let's work on how do we build the relationship so that when you do have that conversation about vaping, it means something to them because it doesn't mean something to them if they feel like you're constantly nagging or constantly telling them they're wrong or constantly down their throat, they're not going to listen to you about anything ever. And for the parents who are like, I know, I know, I want to change. This is not an overnight thing. This is not going to be like, oh, I'm going to implement these things and tomorrow my kid is going to know. They got to go through a phase where they're like, okay, is this for real? You was a certain way before. And I just need to know that this is going to be for real. Like I got to trust this process. And so there's going to be a feeling out for your kid. Rightfully so. I think the most frustrating thing, Michelle, for me, when it comes to parents and how they view kids, is like when it's our kids, we forget because they're whatever in our mind, we don't see them as people. Like if how we treat our child or vice versa was how we treated our coworker or how we treated our sibling or how we yeah. treated our spouse. It would be over. <laughs> if you yelling at me all the time, if you pointing out my flaws and yeah. being negative to me all the time, I'm yeah. not hanging out with you. No. <laughs> Who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who's constantly manipulating? Yes. Us? I'm like, but that's the relationship often we set up with our child. Yeah. And you're so right. Like we would never treat our adult friends like that. We would just no. wouldn't even consider it. But then there's that whole school of thought, like, don't treat him like your friend. Oh, you know, don't, don't get tre- me started. Yeah. That's don't treat him like podcast. your friend. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. So true. But I think it goes to the whole idea. I don't know. Well, let's get back to the idea of relationship. Yeah. But you really do have to build the teen relationship to your point where you said the kids are going to think, whoa, is this for real? Yeah. Also, they might test you. They might mm-hmm. try to do things to poke at you. They might try to incite you because 
They want to know, are you going to lose your cool? Well, you lost your cool before, and this is what I'm used to. So they might really push the buttons for a while before things come back on balance, before they believe you and can respond to the connection piece. It might take a minute. And here's something else that's so powerful, Michelle. Like, we're human. Like, we're not asking y'all to be perfect. We're not asking you to not have reactions. We're not asking you to not have feelings. Like, be upset, be mad, be frustrated, but show them and model them like I'm frustrated, but I'm not losing my cool with this frustration or I'm walking away with this frustration or I'm taking some deep breaths with this frustration. Like I'm self-regulating. Yes. Modeling is such an underrated skill for a lot of parents. (laughs) I read somewhere that said social scientists believe that children... 80% 80% of what they learn is what's been modeled to them. Mm-hmm. The I only say that all 20% the time. is like instruction. Wow. Yeah. I've been so, saying that all these years. I'm like, I'm sure there's some science behind there, this. But well, I there really is feel somewhere. Like... <laughs> Somebody has it out there. I know it's out there. Yeah. But I don't care even if it's not out there. I know this to be true because yeah. my parents yelled at me. They didn't tell me, you should yell. You should really yell when you're mad. You should really, but I yeah. became a yeller. That was it. That's all it took is watching it 300 million times. And then I became it even when I didn't want to. And that's how strong the modeling is, right? It's deeply ingrained. The other thing I say to parents too, when they get frustrated, like have your place where you can go to, to Mm. vent your frustration to your partner, to your friend, to your listening partnership. That's what we use in hand in hand parenting. Like go somewhere to have your adult tantrum, but don't have your adult tantrum with your child. It's not the place. It yeah. really isn't. And I understand we get frustrated and we're having a hard time. But like you said, walk away, deep breathe, find a mantra and go have your tantrum with your friend. It's so powerful. It's that village that we attach ourselves to. I I don't know where I would be if I didn't have subconscious parents that yeah. are in this journey with me that I could yeah. tap into or text or reach yeah. out to. I'm a part of a group on Facebook, like all these different things yeah. help with the process. It seems like there's been a shift back they always say it takes a village mm-hmm. and some villages have been ripped apart. Some villages are not good villages yeah. to fall. Yeah. But in its truest form, it really does take a village because the village will be willing to give you a break depending on who's in your village. The village yeah. will be willing to hear you out and understand and won't judge you for different things that you That's might do right. as a parent. Like all these different things help us be the best version of ourselves as parents, which allows us to put our kids in position to be their best self. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I think finding you, are you DJ Inspire on Instagram? DJ Inspires Parenting for the parenting page. And then I have a personal link to it. So, okay. DJ yep. Inspires Parenting. Yep. Yep. And are you on Facebook too? Yeah. I have on the Facebook pages, DJ Inspires Purposeful Parenting, I think. Okay. Yeah. Good. And so people can find you there. And I know yep. for me, I have a private Facebook group and anybody can join and it's free or whatever. It's just private because. It just feels better, I think, when it's private, but it's all Mm -hmm. about people coming in and coming together and asking questions. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I answer and sometimes other conscious parents answer, but you do feel like, oh, I have some people in here that I can relate to. They're thinking common things and we're like-minded and it feels good to have other people to just vent. And some people will just say, I'm venting. I'm just, this is it. I hate parenting. (laughs) Like I hate all my kids. This sucks. And Good, great. Say it as you should. Yeah. Say it to us yeah. so you don't have to yeah. say it to them. Exactly. Yeah, so good. Anything else, DJ? Man, I, this is such a good conversation. When you said it will be about 20 or so minutes, I was like, ooh, I like to talk. So hopefully <laughs> <I can laughs> put it together. But no, I think if you're out there and you're listening and 
you're fired up about what was said today. I just know that you just got to take a step. Yeah. And then the next day you got to take another step. And then if you fall, you just get back up and you do it again. Like, even though I'm a person that works with parents, like there are times where I struggle working yeah. as a parent to my toddler or he's four now, but I have so much experience working with teens and I feel like when he becomes a teen, I'm going to be owning. But now I'm learning. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. this is different. But just understanding and being aware of that, I think a lot of parents, if you just take the first step to be aware, then I yeah. think you'll start to get towards being the parent that you ultimately want to be for your child. Because that's what it took for me. Like, I just made myself aware of like, wow, I can do better. Or I can seek help or I can get more resources. Even though I'm an educator, like I still feel like I could be better oh, or work yeah. towards better. I was a teacher for 13 years before I became a parent. I don't yeah. think one day of that <laughs> teaching helped me be a better parent. Yeah, It yeah. really didn't. When I got that baby, I was like, I'm oh, sorry, okay. wait, what? <laughs> Is there instructions that? Yeah, I'm sorry. They're gonna they're gonna breastfeed all night. No, actually, we're not doing this. Oh goodness! So it's the hard journey, and there's a lot of good people out here. So reach out and find your tribe and find your way and Mm -hmm. love those beautiful teens because they've got a lot to offer, and we need to really nourish them because they're our immediate future. They are. They really are. Thank you, Michelle. All right, DJ, thank you so much. Thanks for everybody for joining us on the Peace and Parenting podcast. And we will see you guys next time.